when Yeshua came to establish his ministry and the beginning of the church emerged in the first century and we see pagan temples being overthrown with the gospel. We see Paul going from place to place, proclaiming the truth with all of these amazing things happening. It's as if the enemy just shifted his focus to this new emerging movement of Christ to introduce traditions that would replace the importance of the commandments of God. And we see that this, this father comes and he says, I am calling a reformation. And God, he started bringing about a reformation. Hallelujah. And in uh, around 1517, we all know about the great reformation that occurred when many of these traditions were exposed for what they were. And many of them were thrown out. But the question really is, is have we taken the reformation of old really far enough? Or is the father in these days seeking to bring about a new reformation, a reformation that takes us onto the ultimate place that Yeshua desired us to walk, to worship him in spirit and in truth? It's fascinating, really, because this country used to be regarded as a Christian country, you know, the, the Church of England. Um, but when you start to investigate this Church of England and you investigate the, this institutionalized church, it's actually very dark and sinister. And a couple of words you opened up on at the start there um, that just sprung sprung to mind different images. And one of them was infiltration. And what's happened here is I do believe um, maybe at the start they could have been righteous men, you know, men, men who, who wanted the truth and set up these churches. But they have been infiltrated over the years. And it's so sad because there is people in these churches who don't have anywhere else to go. And they don't have any anywhere else to turn to spiritually when things happen in their life. And they're being led astray by these false shepherds and these false teachers. You know, it, it clearly states in the word of God um, how, how the tr traditions of men make the word of God and um, have no effect. And that's what we see in England today. We see the traditions of men passed down. And when people say they're Christianity, they're Christian, usually that means they're, you know, a traditionalist, you know, the, the, the Christian and uh, with traditions, it's, it's, it's not relationship, it's religion, it's um, traditions and not um, spiritual movements in the gifts. So it's, it, it does sadden us, um, but, but we are seeing a great revival um, in, 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 in our church, in, in, in the, Axe, the Axe Church, is because of this, because people are seeing, oh, hang on, these, these institutions that are being set up by men. I, I can't relate to this. this these are almost, um, you know, it's hypocrisy going on. So then what we see is, is, is people are awakening, especially in this age of information now, and are, are coming to, to the knowledge and understanding of worshiping um, um, God, Yeshua, in, in spirit and in truth, which you mentioned at the start. Mm -hmm. We've seen 40, 50 young people pass through this fellowship. We baptized many of them in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Praise be to God, all glory to him for that. Um, and there is a great revival taking place. Mm. Uh, we see a great outpouring of people who are coming to the knowledge of the truth of the fullness of the scroll and falling in love with his mitzvot because it's true, it's truth, and it's backed by substance and spirit. And it's it's captivating people, and it's setting a fire in people's hearts. Yeah. And we're seeing we're seeing amazing works mm. of the spirit in this place as well. So though we see these things that do sadden us, and 
sound like a bad report. On the other hand, there is a great light that is shining, radiating in the hearts of believers. And we are seeing people wake up to this truth. And it's so liberating and it's a privilege to be part of. You know, it reminds me of what Yeshua said, you know, um, he spoke, spoke to Peter and he said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, right? And I feel like it's like you said, and very much like I think how it was in the first century where it was the some of the elite religious leaderships that were really behind the persecution of Yeshua and his ministry. And many of the people who were following them were simply being led astray and they were ignorant, really, of what was actually going on. And so I think that you know, what is, I was just feeling in my heart that the Father's just been saying that, you know, his church, his people, they need a baptism. Like the church needs a baptism. And then what baptism is, right, is you go into the water and you die with Christ. You die to yourself, your life, your ambitions, and you come up out of the water raised anew with Christ. And I feel like that's what needs to happen. And so, some parts of what we think of when we traditionally have think of church needs to die. And we need from the ashes, if you will, we need a resurrection of a new holy church of Yeshua, just like it was in the first century. And that's really what I want for us to a little bit investigate as we go along later here is, you know, what is that first century church and what is it that we have grown used to when we think of the concept of church. Ultimately, when we look at many churches today, repentance is no longer there. In fact, people don't often even know what sin is. They don't even know how to define sin. So how can you repent without knowing what is sin and what God does not consider holy and righteous? So often we make excuses then as to not walk like Jesus of, of what are the nature, right? We lift our traditions above that because our denomination has taught us this or that. But then when we look at the life of Jesus and even if it conflicts, we may hold on to our denominational teaching and what, what it means to be a good Baptist, what it means to be a good charismatic, what it means to be a good a Catholic or whatever, right? But what does it mean to be a good disciple? That's really the question. What does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? And then, you know, the last thing I'll just say is God desires, I think, this worship of spirit, right? This worship that has a fruit following our life, that that is supernatural nature because we serve a supernatural God who is alive today, not dead, yeah. just like you guys mentioned earlier. You know, uh, it can be all pretty on the outside, like a building, right? A big, pretty stained glass windows. But is there the supernatural power of God transforming the hearts of people and healing people and setting people free and delivering people from demons? And like, is the ministry of Yeshua in the church, if you will? You know, that's really, I think, what we need to think about. You know, we are simply really talking about the authentic walk of Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, who walked in power of the Holy Spirit and in obedience to his father's commandments in truth. He did not compromise the truth. He stood on the truth, but he also walked in great love towards his neighbor. And that's what he instructed all of us to do. I'd like to just share a little bit something we was touching on before we started the stream. I mean, Joe was just meditating on on 
these these two words you you have formality and then you have um, you know to be set apart and i think the church i say the church um, as the institution institutionalized uh, man-made power system make you know gets confused with being set apart with being formal and having this formality to them when in fact it's actually we should be set apart we should be the, the, the set apart gathering the kahal yeah. as joe says you know we should meet on the sabbath and we we, we, we should be a the spiritual hospital but in in in, um, in summary i guess what i'm trying to say is is that um, I, I believe the um, true colours of, of this institutionalised church was revealed during this pandemic and these house groups popped up everywhere. It was, it was amazing. It was, it was beautiful. It was, it was, it was incredible. You know, even Sunday um, church groups were popping up, you know, brothers and sisters stepping out in faith, hosting, gathering together um, having, having assemblies. And um, of course we worship on the Sabbath day. So, but it was just beautiful to see that, that book of Acts church really come to life. Um, in, in 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 the UK, and it was mm. it was a it was a special time. Wow, that's awesome, brothers. Um, you know, I it makes me think of Acts two forty six. I just want to read it for everyone here for a second here, uh, and it says, and uh, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food of glad and generous hearts. And it says, praising God and having favor for all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. Right. So we're seeing two things here, right? Because back then, remember, the temple was still a big part of their worship. So they attended the temple together. This was a big corporate thing that they did. And then they broke bread in their homes. So the home was still a, you know, you can have the, the, the church building and whatever, if you know, that's what you're busy doing and all that. But do you still introduce the intimacy that the home can bring into a fellowship? Is there still that communion between brothers and sisters to have that intimate relationship that you can only really find in that intimate environment of a home itself? And that's why I think it was so so big a part of this early church, like we read in the book of Acts and so, yeah, I, I think this attachment to church buildings has become for some churches, at least, of course, brothers and sisters, as we're talking today, please understand we we are forced to generalize a little bit because obviously we're not talking about all at any moment here. But some churches have become very attached to the building idea. And sometimes we have abandoned the early church models and become te and, and we've tethered what we think of Christianity to a church building service. You know, when you think about the more Catholic mindset around this, the clergy and everything, you usually have a single or a few ministers, right? And they're doing everything in the church in terms of the church service, right? They're servicing the people and in whichever ways, but there isn't a lot of room then given for the body itself to discover, be equipped and exercise their giftings, their whether it's their office or their spiritual gifts or whatever, you know, whether they are, you know, when we think about it, for example, you would never, it would probably be considered a heresy to 
baptize someone if you are not a Catholic priest, but yet in the Catholic religion, right? But mm. yet in the, the, in, the, in the scriptures, we see that we have these evangelists raised. We have these servants of different kinds, of people of different kinds raised. And they go out and they cast out demons. They heal the sick. They baptize people. And they're not necessarily the apostles themselves, right? And they're still operating in these supernatural gifts and giftings of the Holy Spirit. They themselves are operating in whatever sphere that the Father wants to use them in. They're not just going to a church service, listening to the word on Sunday and then going back to work on Monday and having no ministry, if you will, of their own that, that they are entering into. You know, we, we have leaders, but the purpose is to raise up others in whatever their giftings is. That is our job. That is our desire to lead people, but also to help them enter whatever the, it is that the Father is calling them to. And that means that there's discipleship. That is really, I guess, the key word here is that yeah. there is a yes. model of discipleship that the early church had that you guys are trying to do of of training and equipping people. And it's not just a, a, a pastor role, if you will, up there, but a down here, let me equip you to do the same. Am I, am I right on what I'm saying? That's right, brother. You know, we always say, spiritual bread spoon fed will always end up dead don't come here to receive the presence of god come with the presence of god and let's practice it as a fully functioning body you know paul's very clear that the lesser members desire uh, should have more honor and we are all about empowering people to walk in the prophetic because this is how the nation was forged this is how the new testament church was founded so we want to replicate that model pd it's our hunger and our desire to replicate that original grassroots model, because that's where we believe the most revival is found. We've got the prototype and the blueprints in the scripture. Why aren't we following it? Mm. Mm. I just want to read something that happened here in the early church. This is right after kind of the book of Acts kind of things. And there's a church father, he's called it, uh, Irenaeus. And he he's writing about the atmosphere in the early church that, that was, he's just saying what is happening around him. And I just find it fascinating. Mm. Um, I just want to read this part for you. They say, uh, Wherefore also those who are in truth his disciples, receiving grace from him, do in his name perform miracles so as to promote the welfare of other men, according to the gift which each one has received from him, Yeshua. For some do certainly and truly drive out devils, so that those who have thus been cleansed from evil spirits frequently both believe in Christ and join themselves to the church. Others have foreknowledge of things to come. They see visions, utter prophetic expressions. Others heal the sick, laying hands on them, and they are made whole. Yes, moreover, as I have said, the dead has even been raised up and remained among us for many years. And what more shall I say? It is not possible to name the number of the gifts which the church scattered throughout the whole world has received from God. You know, and I guess my question is, is when we read what is happening in this in this man's life, Irenaeus writing and against heresies number two. Um, when he is writing about these things, we have to ask, are we desiring these things? And, and, and are we seeing these things? And, and if not, are we pressing into the Lord and saying, God, we want more of this. You know, we want to see your spirit move. We want our church, if you will, to be alive. We don't want to 
have a just a building we don't with nothing in it with no life in it right we serve a god who is alive not a dead god like the pagans serve dead gods who, who don't live so do do we see our god who is supernatural and alive working in our lives today that is i think the vision and the heart of yeshua to be among us and dwell among us and in in ways that are not just you know, people say, you know what, PD, I can experience what you're saying by doing the religious traditions of my church. And you can experience God in that way. And I don't take away from that if that's how you've experienced God. But there is still a pattern in Scripture of the things that God did through His people that is important for us to see if we are, like Irenaeus said, those who are in truth His disciples. If you're considering yourself as disciples, there are certain things that will start following your life and the lives of people in a church who are true disciples. So, brothers and sisters, we are supposed to be that temple. And I want to submit to you that there has been many people who have been uh, who have been going to churches, but they haven't been temples themselves. They have been going to temples, if you will, of worship, but not becoming temples themselves. They have not realized that the church is made up of the body of believers, of people, that we are living stones, living stones. It's not about the the, the actual (laughs) building material that make up a a pretty building, but we are the bricks that that builds up the spiritual house that Yeshua came to start and build. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, and the truth, His law, His instructions, His commandments, His his righteous ways of living, those things need to be within our temple and our expression of worship towards our Father. What would you tell everyone who is listening, who's like, well, I want to see more of what we are talking about here tonight in my church, in my life? What would you tell them? Thanks, brother. And and that was great what you what you said there. And I just yeah. it was such a privilege to hear you say that, brother. Thank you for that. Um you know, I, I'd like to end with this. Um Yeshua uses the word kingdom over a hundred times in the New Testament, and he uses the word church just three. Now the early occupants of the founding church recognized their spiritual affinity in that kingdom and they were not interested in a building the early occupants were more focused on living together as a collective or worshiping god as a body in spirit and truth and living their lives out moment by moment in the great commission they wanted to be in ministry and flow in ministry and overflow with love to be a light unto the world they recognized the true calling of what it was to be a kingdom of royal priests. So if you're out there and you're watching this and it's appetizing to you and you're getting stirred up in the spirit, maybe you've had it on your heart already that you're gonna offer up your home, that everything you own is his anyway, and he wants all of it and you're gonna give it up. You know, Yeshua said um, to give away what we own, but if we can utilize them things for the glory of God's kingdom, there is so much fruit. Uh, low hanging waiting to just be to be picked so maybe you're out there and you're watching this and uh, you've you've experienced the same things with the with the lockdowns and unable to access facilities and resources 
of a church building and maybe you're led to open up a home maybe you're watching online and this is your only means of fellowship and we commend you for tuning in we thank mm. you for tuning in we hope this has blessed you we do this so that you are blessed from your own home um maybe maybe you want to uh, uh, begin your own fellowship and you want to start something you stirred up offer up your house offer up your home get out there there's so many fellowship finders pd's got one you know make yourself known light a fire rise up and light a fire mm -hmm. brothers and sisters uh, offer up your home bring people in invite serve like abraham open up your tent bring people round for the communion and the delight of Amen. his presence Amen. start practicing the presence on each other you know we're in a, we're in a prophetic community where we get the privilege to practice the presence of god on one another mm. there's nothing better than it mm. so if you're if you've got a hunger for that please you know get active mm. the book of acts it's an active book so we need to be active because we need to be that change we want to see in the world we need to light a fire that has never been lit before because we know what time it is, brothers and sisters. So return to them ancient paths and uh, follow the, uh, the model and replicate the model that we see in the book of Acts. Amen.